Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to The Chills, the second podcast of the week on this Friday evening. Joining me again this week is Mr. Andy Saunders. What came first? Well, you always look at me with those doleful eyes going, I hope he says my name first. (laughs) And Mr. Liam Toomey. I'm I'm happy to be introduced last this time. It usually goes challenger champion, doesn't it? That's the way... Oh, These introductions work. See, he doesn't. Andy doesn't view it like that. He thinks, you know. <laughs> I take it name. as a personal slight. I start. <laughs> yeah. I start a blood feud over it. Yeah. But where's now, Li- Where's Liam from? Where's Liam from? Yeah. He's from in what? What do you mean? Where does he live? What's his credentials? Well, he can. The listeners want to know what his credentials. Would are. you like to describe yourself? Because obviously, Andy is trying to get me to get it wrong. So I'm going to say, introduce yourself. But we all know. Uh, I sit down and, and watch football matches from stadiums and pretend to know what I'm talking about for for ESPN about Chelsea. There you go. It's a much better intro than much me. Much better, absolutely. And who the hell are you, Andy? Me. <laughs> yeah. Which we've never described. International you. man of mystery. <laughs> International. It, it, what is it? St Albans. Yeah, Hertfordshire <laughs> generally. Yeah, Hertfordshire man of mystery. There we go. The Chelsea is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Bet £5, get £20. If you deposit £5, Ladbrokes will add another £20 to your account. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.chelseapodcast.net. So, I mean, it's, it's been a, a very strange period, you know. This has been so up and down with the transfer market. Stories coming in and out about this player going here, that player going there. You can't buy anything for under 40 million. And then we've also had, you know, through this whole summer, we've had this advent of women's football really hitting the headlines, which I don't think it ever has done in this country. And it's been fantastic. But there's been the oddness of the Enia Luko story. I mean, it's a, can these sort of things still be going on in these institutions, Liam? Yeah, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Um, 
I, I read I read her interview in the Guardian with with great interest. Um, there's a lot in there which it was on Tuesday. Can you, wasn't can you it? maybe yes. set the um, stall out for this story to anybody who doesn't have any background on it? Sure. So she was um, the the story broke a few weeks and ago. Who Enia Luko is obviously sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Enia Luko, um, very famous England footballer, very famous Chelsea footballer, top scorer in the Women's Super League last year. Um, highly decorated 120 caps yeah for club and country and um and hugely respected as a as a person not just as a footballer she's been held up as a role model for years qualified lawyer yeah one of the one of the smartest footballers i've ever had the pleasure of interviewing so um the story broke a few weeks ago that uh, she had been paid I can't remember. Hush money. Yeah, I can't remember how much money it was. was 80,000, yeah. Um, To essentially as part of a settlement for claims she'd made against the the FA relating to comments made about her by, allegedly made about her by England coach Mark Sampson and and the FA's response to it and uh, and the subsequent investigation, which she's she's described as as a farce. So... Yeah, there was a lot in the interview that she did with Danny Taylor of The Guardian, um, which was very, very damning for, for Samson and for the FA. I think both of them, there were reports this afternoon that they're, they're immediately denying her claims, but they, they, they've got some serious questions to on answer Tuesday on the basis of what... I think that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, names, places, dates, yeah. uh, not sure. Um, fact, facts, basically. Facts. facts. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... They've got, I think they've got some serious questions to answer in terms of her treatment initially by by Mark Sampson and then the response to it when she raised concerns about the culture of the England team and this perceived culture of bullying um, in what was supposed to be a confidential review with the FA, which she feels was then used, used against her. She hasn't been picked since. Well, he came down, didn't he? To, the- to meet her and informed her she would no longer be considered for selection. He wasn't even supposed to know what she'd said. Well, he said that she didn't, did he? Th- he claimed he hadn't. He, claimed he said he hadn't. she was um, acting withdrawn or something. It was like... In a meeting, un- yeah. conduct. Unlioness conduct. Yeah, the- right. This is, I think, the key, the key part of the story for me because the, 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 the facts that came out was Enya Luko's been paid £80,000 hush money. Right, which which sounds shabby. It sounds yeah, like those a shabby. Were the, those were the optics of it. Yeah, it exactly. Really so good. it sounded like a shabby backroom deal where Inia Luko had enriched herself uh, by selling out her principles and keeping her mouth shut rather than coming out and 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 and, and talking about the treatment that she had. Actually, that's not the case. And what was made very clear in the Guardian was that she's an employee of England with a central contract and because she wasn't picked and because she felt essentially that it was constructive dismissal in the sense that she wasn't able to her position wasn't tenable because of Mark Sampson's comments and because of the FA's uh, lack of reaction to it that she would take them to an employment tribunal as an employee and the FA settled ahead of an employment tribunal so the idea of hush money is really egregious to me I think it's really uh, it's really poor to have put that out as hush money because that's a fairly standard employment tribunal situation. If an employee goes there and the and the uh, and the company decides they don't want to go through 
the, the, the public um, situation of employment trauma, they can settle up front. That would happen if you worked in Tesco's. It would happen if, it were, if, you, were, if you played for England. So the idea of her settling out of court is not unusual. And signing a confidentiality agreement is not unusual. Well, we saw it with the Eva Carnero. Exactly. Case. This is not unusual ago. for anybody in any walk of life, yeah. in any employment. So, so the idea that somehow this is a shabby play by Enia Luco, I find hugely offensive. Yeah, but I mean, there's also the thing is, she's saying the things that she supposedly can say in spite of the confidentiality agreement. So does this mean there's still more to come out? There might be. You know, this, well, is, this is the interesting... She's a, she's a lawyer. She knows exactly what she can and can't do. She's playing a game here properly. And, it has, you know, it, the story is getting flushed out. Well, it seems, that it seems a little bit murky in the fact that there were initially suggestions that because of the confidentiality agreement there were things that she couldn't say more that she might be able to say that she was being re- uh, restricted from um, but then the FA issued that statement in which they said there's nothing that precludes her from talking about the case you know the, the the payment wasn't hush money they were keen to obviously deny that as well because it makes them look very bad um, and then and she's obviously responded by going well if I can talk about it I'm going to talk about it and she she did that interview with the Guardian I thought she came across incredibly well um i did as well I her version a, of events well, thought, was yeah. very compelling and and seemed very plausible and, and it, was, it didn't make the fa or mark sampson look good at all no and what was wonderful about it it wasn't one of those journalistic pieces which which is written by the writer with the odd quote here and there you look at that that was, was transcript it was yeah. it was a transcript it was a, it was a q a yeah. yeah it was it, it was a really well handled interview by both parties i thought and i think I think, you know, he should be applauded for the way he's put it together I, as well. I think it highlights that the FA just simply isn't fit for purpose. It's not the first time this has happened. This is not the first time they haven't got their systems in place for grievance or for, for people that have issues, you know, whether it's on a racial issue or, a, you know, or, or, or any other kind of issue. And I think that this is the governing body of our national game and things need to happen. And, and frankly, Liam, I think the media have got to play some kind of part in, in putting pressure on them to sort it out, make it happen. And but wouldn't you say this is actually again going back to what you said on Tuesday? This is a problem with society. If you look at other sports, you know the women's rugby team, they've been treated really shabbily and losing all their contracts. The women's cricket, I mean, just for a quick second, you might—I don't know if you yeah, saw yeah. the women's final. I did. And they're going on about what a fantastic sellout the whole thing was. Everyone's taking it to their hearts. Did you have a look at the pavilion? There was hardly anyone in the pavilion. Mm. The members did not turn up to support the women. Mm. And I thought that was disgraceful. And I really don't know why more wasn't made of that. But I think we're in a, in a situation where maybe football can stand up for all these other sports as well. Because we all care about football. And, and the, all the football that we've had, the women's football this summer, has been fantastic, some of it. It really has. Well, we've so, been big supporters of women's football on this, yeah. on, on this show. You know, we've had Emma Hayes in. We've, we've always reported on the, on the ladies' game. I think that, you know, all of us that do this show are um, completely committed to diversity in the game and understand that, you know, women enjoy this game as much as men do. And it makes my blood boil to think that, you know, that, as I say, the governing body of our national game are so inept and so clumsy and, frankly... Um, disgraceful in their treatment of Enya Luca, who the reason we're discussing is a Chelsea player, but in a general feeling, I think, you know, it, 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 it makes me really angry. Time for change. And with that, we have to just go to a short break. The Chelsea is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. 
So here we are back. Um, so we're just waiting to see how the season will start unfolding. It does feel as though we are going to be challenging again now that we've had a decent result. Um, yeah, we're going to win the league now, Kerry. <laughs> and the cup and the Champions League and Everything. the other cup, the whole thing. And if we don't, they're all useless. They are, absolutely. So do you think, okay, here's, here's an interesting question. You, you know, What did you think Christiansen the other day? Do you think... Do you think that he, I mean, what my point being that we've got some players out on loan, others have come back and they're now going to learn within the club. We've got Zuma out at Stoke, who's having a, a fantastic start to the season. He looks great and he helps stick it to Arsenal. We've got Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who looks like the only person who can play football at well, Palace at the moment. My, my, my son's best friend is a Palace fan. And apparently he said to my son, after three touches, we all turned around to each other and went, oh, he's too good for us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. He's going to have a fantastic year. Just learning to play in, in a team like that will do him the world of we, good. We've said it a lot. I don't know if you agree with this, Liam, but we've said it a lot that, you know, you cannot just bring youth product through to an elite football club like Chelsea playing at the very highest level and expect them to perform as elite players without getting some game time under their belt. So the loan system and the reason that Christensen was able to come in on Sunday and put in such a good performance, not a, not a perfect performance by any stretch, but, you know, a performance of real promise and maturity was all those games he played in the German league, which is not... A, not an easy league by by any stretch of the imagination. You know, he was able to go and, and, and play against really good players, play against Dortmund players, Bayern Munich players, Schalke players, and, and learn his craft. Can I name any and, more German teams? And then come back, not many, you know, <laughs> Nuremberg, are they still in there? But it's, um, it's uh, you know, it, it's, it's obvious that he's able to do that. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, if he gets, you know, 30... 40 games under his belt for Crystal Palace this season will come back a stronger player. And one of the criticisms of, of Ruben Loftus-Cheek was the fact that he couldn't finish 90 minutes. So, you know, if he can do that and improve his fitness and improve his, um, uh, you know, general understanding of the game, this is good. And I see no problem with it. You know, I mean, yes, it's a shame that Chalaba's gone. Yes, it's a shame that Ake's gone. But I've said it before, I don't think they were the future of the club anyway. No, I, I agree. I mean, how do you feel about Chalaba and Ake going? I can see why they went. Yeah, I can I can certainly see it, especially from their point of view. I mean, Ake, after the way he was treated last season, I thought Conte was incredibly ruthless with him. He brought him back because he had a, a short-term problem. He, he Terry was injured, Zuma was not fully back yet. He had a shortage of centre-backs. thought, this guy's doing well at Bournemouth. So he brought him back and then left him on the bench for the last six months, pretty much. And uh, Chalaba's appearances dried up in the second half of last season as well. So I understood it from their point of view. From Chelsea's point of view, I think Ake was less of a loss because they knew they had Christensen coming back, who was probably who was better. I think um, Chalobah. Now I kind of think that they maybe should have just kept him because he, they had limited leverage. He only had a year left on his contract. He wasn't going to sign a new one, uh, at least not at that time. But they knew that with Matic leaving, Bakayoko going into the season injured, there would be opportunities early in the season to give him games and maybe then about three or four months into the season you can convince him to sign a new deal and even if you can't you've only lost I think they got six seven million pounds for him from Watford no more than that with a buyback clause but you don't lose anything really by letting him see out the final year of his contract and you might gain a player you don't you never really know with these guys just how good they can be until they actually get the opportunity I think the key thing you said there was buyback clause 
look, they weren't queuing up for Chalaba. You know, we yeah, didn't. He's gone to Watford for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, we didn't have we didn't have top European teams queuing around the block for him. You know, he, he went to Watford. You know, I think he's a, a young player who's unproven. Um, you know, he's not at the elite level that certain Europe. He's not Mbappe. Do you know what I mean? He's not. He's not coming out the blocks. I think a few clubs are going. Well, let's see what happens when he goes to Watford and comes back. But there's a buyback clause, and you know, if he develops, if he does what a lot of people think is, we'll buy him back. You know, and I think that's really sensible. The only, the only other thing I would say to that, though, is that, I, yeah, I agree. I don't think Chalaber is necessarily elite, an elite talent or even a potentially elite talent at this stage. But there was every chance that if Chelsea had maybe handled him slightly differently over the last year or two, he could have been a, a sort of Jesse Lingard figure where you have a very solid homegrown player that the fans identify with who, is, who can come in and do a job. And he's happy doing that because you've given him enough minutes over the course of a season to keep him feel like feeling like he's involved. Conte wasn't good at keeping players who weren't in his 12 or 13 man group last season feeling like they were involved. And he actually was quite explicit about it towards the end of last season. He said, I don't care about having happy players. Mm. I want them to put themselves in my team. If they don't, I'm not interested. The, the other thing about Chalibur, one, one thing about Chalibur is he did go out alone and he didn't play. You know, so mm. he went to Napoli, didn't play, you know, went elsewhere, didn't play. Got sure. experience. And so he's probably thinking, I don't want another year of my career sitting on the bench. I want to go and play. So you don't know how much of that was driven by him going, unless I get 30, 40 games this season, I'm not interested. Yeah, I think he, he definitely pushed his way out by not signing a new deal. And also, it's a World Cup year. And looking at England's central midfield options... I think it's not impossible. There's already talk of him making Southgate's next squad. So he's probably looking at it as if I put a solid season together for Watford, I could be in Russia next summer. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because this loan system that we have, we sell an awful lot of the ones that go out on loan. But that's because we find out they're not really worth... How much money do you think we've made out of um, uh, academy player sales and loans in the last five years? Did you see this study? It was Nick Harris, wasn't it, who who, who did the study? £105 million. This is not a dumb commercial move. You know, this is a factory farming move where you take players and you create them now we're gonna a few of them are going to slip through the net a few of them are going to you know disappoint a few of them are going to go away and come back and bite us but the vast majority of those players were not the future of the club and that money will go towards buying cantes it will go towards buying maratas it will go towards buying elite european footballers and we are an elite european club and we need to be competing at that level this idea of giving people a chance you know i think that's again clouded by emotion i think that truly elite players make their own chances no, I think that's true. And talking of truly elite players, um, Diego Costa's still having a holiday in Brazil. How do we feel about this? I personally don't care about him. Oh, he's, no. I'm so over him. Yeah, I don't care if I never see him again. It's so boring, so hysterical. And after that, set up with the Daily Mail, which we talked about last week. I mean, you know, I mean, he, he surely has to be just got rid of. But we'll hold out, won't we, for proper money. We won't give all these talk. Oh, we'll have to sell him for 20 million. It's nonsense. Do you get any sense around the club of how they feel about it? You, you, you're down at Cobham and you're down at the club and talking to them. Do you get any sense of that? It's every, every new set of Costa quotes is greeted with a kind of sigh. You know, <laughs> just they, they're resigned to it at this stage that this is going to keep bubbling on until it's resolved. I think everyone wants it resolved. It's just it's just business really. Everything else is noise. Everything else that's being said is noise. Costa wants has torpedoed his own value by saying he he'll only go to a club that won't can't sign players. And Atletico don't want to pay that much for him. Chelsea want to get top dollar. Ideally a lot more than they paid for him, but at the very least 
a, a reasonable amount more than the 32 million they originally paid for him because only six months ago they were looking at you know 70 80 million from china so um to a certain extent everyone's been unlucky with the circumstances china has disappeared atletico's ban was upheld and that's complicated things but I still feel the same way about it that I felt a few weeks ago, which is that it, it will get done before the window closes because from Chelsea's point of view, they can't afford to have this being a story and a distraction. They can't afford to have Costa talking to every journalist who who gets in touch with him over the next six months to complain because Conte will keep being asked about it and, it, and he can't keep laughing. So, do you it's think, a bit of a non-story, isn't it, do you in think a way? The, do you think the text exists? It, yes, I think it does. Have you seen it? I, no, I don't have to, though, because the reason why I, I, I think it exists is because Chelsea have never disputed Costa's version of events publicly or privately. Yeah, and that, that one that I said me, I saw, I found it again, it's a reconstruct. But, the, yeah, but, so. but what I do think is that the significance of the text is widely exaggerated and misunderstood. It, he was not informed that his Chelsea career was over by text. He knew months before the end of last season, and he was complicit in ending his Chelsea career because he was agitating for to leave Chelsea from you know he had one foot out out the door for most of his three seasons so he's he's using it as leverage that was the thing that was unwise of Conte to do was give him something that he could then show to journalists and and use as as use as leverage but I can't see how it torpedoes his value really because Chelsea can you know we've done pretty well in our transfer dealings anyway that you know we can probably get pretty much all the players we still need without having to sell him. I don't think but, the money's the issue. I think the, the issue is whether we can prize the players that we want around, away from the clubs that have them at the moment. For sure. That's the issue. You know, I mean, I think we know who we want. You know, they want Oxlade-Chamberlain. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's you know, pretty... They want we Sandro. Said, well, it's only because press told us. Well, I think, you know, I mean... <laughs> I, I don't think, believe anything till they turn Well, like, well there is an element of until they're standing on the pitch holding the shirt, you don't believe anything. But I think those players over and over and over again from the club are saying, we want, you know, we want somebody who can act as a, you know, a midfielder and a fullback. We want someone who can act as a, you know, we, I mean, those, those players... Juventus aren't going to sell a Sandro. No. You know, would Arsenal... You, where would you go? Arsenal are digging their heels in about Oxlade Chamberlain. I mean, do we really want Danny Drinkwater? They want 40 million for him. I mean, you know, you have to look at that and think this is more complicated than why haven't we done any business i mean the, the the big the big strategic error that chelsea have made this summer is leaving so many leaving themselves in a position where they need to do three or four deals in the last minimum in the last couple of weeks because i think you saw a completely different strategy from manchester city who went out and paid huge sums to get players in early they haven't bought messi yet though no but that actually proved quite prescient because they obviously messiant, <laughs> but they obviously felt that the and they they made a correct read that the market was going to go crazy. I don't think anyone could foresee what happened with Neymar, but they did think that with the new TV, Premier League TV deal, prices were going to just go through the roof. And no one knows what anyone is worth anymore. It's just the the price that the the selling club plucks from their backside. Really, it, you know, forty million for drink water is purely because they know that they don't have to sell. He's got four years left on his deal. And Chelsea are in a position where every day that goes by, they become more desperate for bodies. Who, if you could pick a player, realistic player to sign before the window slams shut, who would you like to sign? It's difficult because you're not, they're not looking for quality as much as quantity. So you're not really dealing in a scenario where it's a dream player. You know, I think they're looking for players who'd be happy to, fulfill a supporting role for what they've already got you're not going to get 
someone who's going to be another star on your team at this stage of the window. Very, very unlikely. So, I mean, if they are able to get someone like Oxlade Chamberlain would be useful as long as he can go three months without a muscle injury, which has been a consistent problem for him at Arsenal. But well, in every Arsenal, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, um, that's that's an interesting. There's probably a story in that, but uh, I think he he would be a, a good option because he can play several different positions in theory and I think Conte would be looking at him as a wing back but you can play him in central yeah. midfield or even attacking midfield yeah, so he's very versatile okay so we should move on to the last couple of minutes of this podcast to look forward to the Everton game um, it's an interesting one Everton have suddenly become big hitters they they looked well they kind of did a bit of a Chelsea job at Man City the the other night at the beginning of the week uh, where they set this all out got a goal decided to hold on to it. We're a little unlucky in some ways to concede, but Kuman's doing something there, I think. And I, it's always a, I don't know, it's a, always a struggle with us against Everton. Well, it wasn't last year. No, but it's, you know, on the whole it has Smashed been. them 5-0 at the bridge and 3-0 away. And, you know, that 5-0 game was probably one of the best Chelsea games I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. But you know, so we, we, you know, we, we do generally do pretty well against them. I think, you know, generally, they're, they're not a particular threat to us. However, your comment about Koeman's doing something, I agree with. What he's got is a very good blend of youth and experience. It's a cliche, you know, but bringing Rooney in, I think, was a really, was a really smart move. He's playing a lot of kids, you know, coming through. The Jagielkas and the Baines are still in there. You know, it's a good, tight, well-disciplined unit. You know, have they got enough up front to really hurt us? We'll see, obviously. Uh, I think that's probably their downfall. Can we break them down? That's, that's another question. But, you know, am I particularly concerned about the game? No, not really. Liam? I don't expect Koeman to make the same mistake he did last season, which was try to match Chelsea's formation. Um, that, I mean, that, that was the main reason they got absolutely destroyed, was trying to suddenly transition to three at the back with no warning to his own players. But... They've they've got a stronger all around package because they've they've reinvested that Lukaku money across the team rather than just a direct replacement. But they they haven't replaced his goals. I mean, Rooney has started well, and I, I do genuinely like the Rooney storyline. I, I like to see him doing well after the way things ended at United. But Sandro Ramirez is a bit of an unknown. So how much they can actually hurt Chelsea, I think, is a question mark. Mm, but they will be stubborn. They they will be stubborn. They will be organised, and and probably a step up from what Burnley offered on the opening day. So Chelsea, not getting two men sent off will be will be a good start. We can keep eleven players on the pitch. I think we got a yeah. shot. Yeah. I tell you, the person I would have bought that they bought, um, I I think Michael Keane was a really good buy, and I think Sigurdsson was a really good buy. I think they both could have done the How job. How much did for they us. pay for Sigurdsson? Sigurdsson Forty five million. Forty five. Forty five in the end. Yeah, but Danny Greenwood is forty. Twenty seven. Okay, so that's not yeah, that's no, about right, isn't it? That's probably about par. Yeah, it's, in this market, it's yeah, just impossible yeah. to that's tell. It. Forty million is the new twenty million, isn't it? It is. That's, yeah. that's right. And Michael and twenty seven is not too bad. No, exactly. And Michael Keane, he's a decent player. I was surprised that Everton were the biggest club that went for him. Yeah. Not not just because he's a player that seems to be on the up, and I think he'll be an England regular sooner rather than later. But he's also a homegrown player, which has particular value at this yeah. point to City and Chelsea because Chelsea lost the. A lot of players qualifies homegrown last summer. Yeah. Okay, so it's that time. It's prediction time. What's your prediction, Liam, for the game? And oh, yeah, before that, do we think Bakayoko will start? 
Or do we think he was pulled into the game with Spurs and will actually now discover he's not really fit enough to start the next game? I think Conte's uh, default position is caution when he's in these guys into the team. He didn't. He felt like he didn't have a choice against Spurs but to put Bakayoko in. He'll have had a full week to recover from mm. that 90 minutes, but with Fabregas coming back, maybe he doesn't start the game. Maybe, maybe Chelsea hope that they can start with a slightly more attacking setup and and get in, get a lead against Everton and Does then Luis bring him on midfield? to protect. Mm, probably not, no, because I don't think they're quite as worried about Spurs uh, Everton's attacking so you think firepower. Can say Fabregas is the, the, uh, the pivot. Yeah, I think we're back to three Normal. four three. Yeah, with uh, Pedro will probably be fit enough to start, so yeah. that changes the front line as well. Yeah, and then if you get get into a situation where you're in the lead, you can bring back Yoko on go more to a Spursy type formation and try and see it out. And he looks like a rock star, doesn't he, as well? He's got something about him. I saw him going into the ground um, on the first game of the season. He's just got an air about him. And I just think he could become the next sort of Michael Essian character. You just end up loving him because he gives everything. For me, I, I think he's possibly the most exciting player we've signed so far in a certain way because he was actually... More than Willy Caballero? No, well, of course, you know, Malaga is yeah. close to Let my heart. Let yourself down a bit there, Kerry. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> Willy, Willy, Willy Caballero. That's what they used to sing at him all the time at Malaga. I'm sorry, he had some great games for Malaga. But anyway, we won't talk about that. All right, prediction time. Liam? I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea. I'm going to say it's not going to be a particularly exciting game for all the reasons that Liam said. I think they're going to, you know, sort of come with a, a fairly defensive mentality. It's going to be up to us to break them down. I do think we will, though. And I think a reasonably comfortable 2-0 win. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to go for. So I'm going to go for... You can for... go for 2-0. No, you can't. If someone's got it, you know, that's well, it. Then you're just lying. <laughs> Okay, watch me fake, lie. Fake news. <laughs> fake news. Okay, the fake news this week is Chelsea 3, Everton 0. There you go. That's it. Brilliant. Well, we will see you all next week where we'll pick over the uh, result from the Everton game. Uh, thank you, as always, Liam Toomey from ESPN, with all the description you did as well added on. And Andy Saunders from, from St. Albans. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, better not say St. Albans. People will be tracking you down. And, uh, They're yeah, all welcome. Hartford. Come and have a cup of tea. All right. Okay. Everyone, round to Andy's for a cuppa. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at thewhistleblowers.net. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.